Welcome to the serialized audiobook The Cara Files, File 1, The Chase, written and read by the author Tony Warner. File 1, The Chase is the first book in the Cara Files series. All of the Cara Files books are available to purchase from Amazon in both Kindle and paperback formats. Simply visit your Amazon store and search for The Cara Files. Chapter 9 The next two days passed without incident. Each day she was able to walk further and further, her body becoming used to the exertion. By the end of the second day, she was near Stoke Mandeville, just south of Aylesbury. There had been no more signs of the soldier, for which she was thankful. Millie did her job superbly. All through the journey, she ran back and forth. Cara was convinced that she was scouting ahead and then coming back to tell her that it was safe to continue, just as she had been asked to do. At the end of each day, Cara found a house where she and Millie could safely cook dinner and spend the night. Cara was becoming bored of soup and beans. Worse, she was running out of food. During the day, she never cooked for fear of attracting animals or the soldier. Instead, she ate energy bars, and now they were all gone too. Every night she and May would talk until one or both of them fell asleep. She was glad that she had May to support her and to encourage her. Things became routine. Sleep, get up, have breakfast and walk as far as she could. Find a house, cook dinner and sleep then repeat it over again. This morning, she awoke as usual with Millie asleep at the bottom of the bed. This would be the fifth day she'd been in this world, she mused. Today was scavenging day. She wouldn't be able to continue her journey straight away. She would have to spend some time looking for food before she could continue. Cara used the last of her cans, tomato soup, for breakfast, and afterwards lit up her last cigarette. This morning she skipped coffee and a usual habit of sitting outside getting her thoughts together before setting off. Instead, she quickly packed and ventured out. Come on, Millie, she shouted. Millie came prancing out into the morning sunshine to rub her head against Cara's leg. Cara leaned down and scratched Millie's neck. By now she was completely used to this strange six-legged creature and valued her contributions to her journey. Without Millie, Cara knew she wouldn't have made it this far. Together they set off down the road that wound its way into the centre of the village. There must be a village store, thought Cara. Surely she would find something there. Most of the houses where she'd spent the night had little canned food. After trying the porridge a few days ago, she resolved only to eat from cans in the future. The sun was oppressively hot once again. In the five days that she had been in this world, Cara had never seen any rain, but she was rapidly becoming accustomed to it. Her arms and legs were tanned brown. Two days ago, she had found some shorts that fitted her. She had been wearing them ever since. In an hour, she was in Stoke Mandeville and was soon standing outside a post office shop off Station Road. It was exactly what she imagined, a small shop in a village. She didn't want to go into a town or city like Aylesbury. Back in Stevenage, the tall, empty buildings had frightened her. She had resolved to keep to small villages and the countryside ever since. The large glass windows were gone, the shattered remains scattered all around. 
crunching under her boots as she carefully stepped inside. There were three aisles of food shelving with a small till area on the left. There was also another serving area at the rear of the store which had unbroken glass panels stretching up to the ceiling. That would be the post office, thought Kara. She quickly located an entire row filled with cans. Excitedly, she scanned up and down looking for anything that would still be preserved and edible. Then she spotted them. Canned fruit. Her mouth filled with saliva at the thought of eating peaches or pineapple. Jackpot, she exclaimed to Millie. Setting the pack down, she quickly located a can opener and set to work on a tin of canned pears. Once opened, she gazed down at the pieces of fruit sloshing in the liquid. Would they be okay to eat? Could she poison herself by consuming them? Surely not. They'd been sealed in an airtight can. They'd be all right, wouldn't they? She fished out half a pear and held it out to Millie. What do you think, Millie? she asked. Is this okay to eat? Millie didn't answer. She sniffed the pear and then delicately took it from Kara's fingers with her long needle-sharp teeth. She backed away and chomped at it greedily, juice slopping onto the floor. Kara laughed. Well, I guess you like pears. She plucked another pear half from the can and licked it. It was delicious. She couldn't help herself. She crammed the whole thing into her mouth, juice dripping down her chin. Mmm, she mumbled around the fruit. Grabbing another can, peaches this time, she sat on the floor and gorged on the rest of the tin. Then she opened a tin of apricots and alternatively fed herself and Millie. After the third can, she was full. Good, eh? she asked Millie. Kara rubbed at her full stomach. She shouldn't have eaten so much. She should have just taken a couple of pieces and waited an hour or so before eating any more. It was too late. Time would tell if she'd made another mistake. Sighing, she got up and selected as many cans as she thought she could carry in her pack. Then she climbed over the serving desk to get at the cigarette display. It was packed full of packets and lighters. She had really hit the jackpot, she thought to herself, smiling. The glass panels were locked in place and would not move. No matter. Moving away from the display, she lobbed an unopened can at the glass. It shattered with a loud crash, glass fragments showering the floor. It was safety glass. It had disintegrated into millions of tiny chunks. Kara crunched forward and selected several packets of her favourite brand. Then she climbed back over the counter and stuffed her haul of cans and cigarettes into a pack. She was elated. The food problem had been resolved. No more soup and beans. On top of that, she had cigarettes and best of all, she was only a couple of days from the complex. She would soon be there. She could then travel through a portal to join May. While she fastened the straps on her pack, she heard it. A sort of wheezing and whirring, with an occasional clumping noise. She knew instantly what it was. It was the white soldier. She got down on all fours and crept forward to look through the shop front window. Standing outside, its red eyes glowing, the soldier was blocking her exit. Chapter 10 Kara didn't know what to do. Her heart raced and adrenaline filled her veins as she shuffled backwards to the rear of the shop. She was trapped. Sitting back and leaning against the far wall, she tried to steady her trembling limbs. There was no way she was going to get past that thing, and if it came inside the shop, it would surely find her and kill her. What could she do? A feeling of cold water travelled down her spine as she struggled to think clearly. 
She clamped her mouth shut to prevent her teeth from chattering and drew her knees up to her chest, trying to make herself small. It was all she could do to stop whimpering out loud. I must not panic, she thought to herself. I must be quiet. If it hears anything, it will come in and kill me. I should wait and it'll go away. She closed her eyes. There was a noise, a loud screech and then a thump. Kara knew the source of that screech. Millie! On shaky limbs, she crawled back towards the window. She was shocked to see the soldier on its back, its limbs flailing as Millie sat on its chest, her teeth gripping one of the soldier's arms, worrying at it like a dog. As Kara gazed at the incredible scene, Millie slid from the soldier's chest and pulled at the arm. As she did so, she locked her beady black eyes with Kara's. Something passed between them, some understanding. Kara knew what to do. Run. Quickly, she stood and grabbed her pack. Slinging it over her shoulder, she leaped out of the window and ran as fast as she could up the road away from the fighting. This time, she was much fitter than before. She breathed in and out explosively as she fastened her pack tightly to her back, slowing to a steady pace once she was out of sight of the combatants. She kept running. Millie had once again come to her rescue. Poor, ugly, devoted Millie. There was little chance that Millie would survive the fight, thought Kara as tears streamed down her cheeks. She resolved not to squander the chance that Millie had given her. She ran on and on, putting as much distance between her and the soldier as she could. There was only one thing in her favour. The soldier had a damaged leg and was therefore slow, but it was relentless. The last five days had proved that. It had not given up the chase. It was still after her. She had to get to the complex and steal that portal generator as soon as possible. Once through, the soldier wouldn't be able to follow her. With this single thought in her mind, she ran. She ran down a long and straight road until she was almost at the village of Haddenham, where she collapsed onto the verge, her chest heaving. Once her breathing was under control, Kara sat up and retrieved a bottle of water from her pack. She gulped half of it down greedily. She could not afford to waste any time. She was sure that the soldier would be coming after her. Struggling to her feet, she set off once more, this time walking. There was no time to rest. For the rest of the day, she never stopped. She kept walking. She had forgotten to look for energy bars in the post office shop and did not dare to take a detour to find some, so she had no lunch and kept going. By the time the sun was beginning to set, she entered the small village of Tame. Here she detoured away from the main road and selected a middle terraced house to bed down for the night. Making sure that all the doors were locked and there were no signs of her entering, she climbed the stairs and gobbled down two cans of fruit in the darkness. She didn't dare light up her little camp stove to make coffee. She had no idea what the soldier was capable of. For all she knew, it might have some night vision sensing equipment and could see through walls. She had no idea. She wasn't going to take the chance. She was so close. Having shaken the dusty blankets to lay down on the bed, closing her eyes, she sent a thought to May. May, can you talk? May took longer than usual to reply. Not really. I'm being sent to another world, came May's thought in reply. I don't know why or where. Kara was shocked. They're sending you further away from me, she wailed. No, my love, came May's reply. Just a quick jump. We've been told we'll be back tomorrow. Kara sighed in relief. Thank goodness, she replied. I have a lot to tell you, but if you're busy, and I want to hear everything, but I'm about to go through the portal, I won't be able to hold this link. 
That's okay, replied Kara. We can catch up tomorrow. I'm close to the complex. When I get there, I'll call you. I'll need help finding the portal generator. Kara felt May's agreement as she broke the connection. A mixture of sadness and excitement welled up inside her. She was sad that she couldn't talk to May, but excited that she might reach the complex tomorrow. If she could find the portal generator, she might be with May by tomorrow afternoon. When Kara awoke and sat up in the morning, she couldn't believe her eyes. There, at the bottom of the bed, lay Millie curled up asleep. Millie, you're all right. How did you get here? she exclaimed. Millie opened one eye and gazed up at her. Kara moved over to Millie and embraced her awkwardly. It was like hugging a large tortoise, hard and spiny. I'm so glad to see you, she told Millie. Millie raised her head and rubbed it against Kara's arm. I thought you were dead, said Kara. Millie ignored her and pushed with her wide, flat head until it was in Kara's lap. Kara caressed her. Oh, Millie, I don't know what I'd do without you. How many times have you saved me now? Three? Millie just grunted and snorted. Kara spent the next ten minutes giving Millie neck rubs. Then they had a breakfast of tin peaches. She got back on the road, walking briskly to her destination, with Millie scouting ahead. There was no sign of the soldier, but she knew it would be after her. It would never give up. She had to be careful. She directed Millie to scout backwards as well as ahead. Sure enough, Millie seemed to understand. She scampered back and forth with boundless energy. Kara followed the A40 to Headington, then cut across country, passing to the north of Oxford. There were still no people to be seen. There were lots of abandoned cars, as usual. All empty. There were no bodies. It was as though every man, woman and child had somehow been plucked from the face of the earth, leaving everything behind. Kara had been trying to come up with an idea, any idea that could explain it, but she was at a loss. It just didn't make sense. In the afternoon, she entered the village of Witham. This was it. This was where the complex was located. She had made it. Kara was excited. She could hardly contain herself. Soon she would be with her beloved May. It didn't take her long to locate the grand old country house described to her by May. A big grin was plastered all over her face as she strode up the gravel drive. By now she expected to see no one. She figured she'd be able to walk into the complex and take whatever she needed. There would be no one to stop her. Sure enough, the house door was wide open. Cautiously she stepped into the hall and looked around the dark interior. May had told her that there was a lift on the stair wall. She made straight for it, and there it was. Two metal doors closed with a call button on the right side wall. Kara's grin faded as she realised that she had a problem. A big problem. What if there was no power? The lift wouldn't work. She wouldn't be able to get down into the underground complex. Examining the call button, she saw that it was not lit. Her heart sank when she pressed it and nothing happened. She had come all this way, being chased by a soldier trying to kill her and eating out of tin cans for nothing. She couldn't get into the complex. You 
have been listening to The Cara Files, File 1, The Chase by Tony Warner, performed and produced by the author. Music for this episode is Lone Wolf by Guillerme Bernards. You can contact me on Facebook at Tony Warner Author or by sending an email to cywarbook at gmail.com. That's P-S-I War Book, all one word, at gmail.com. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, spread the word on your favourite social media platform and tune in for the next episode.